Good evening, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Yeah, you are. It's the wolf. And the captain. Here with Maximize You. That's right. We're coming to you tonight to see if we can give you some more great ideas, thoughts, and philosophies that you can incorporate into your life to make a difference for yourself. It's all about moving the needle, man. That's right. Yep. Tonight we thought we would talk about what I call the way to get in the door. The, the way to get in the door? Don't I just turn a knob? How do I do that? That works Pull. too. Well, let's say marketing. Yeah. Networking. Yeah. And sales. Oh, like the three amigos. That's it. So let's talk a little bit about sales and marketing, networking, how they all kind of work together. They yeah. both have their own individual piece and portion of the process, but how do they work together and how do we use that in different areas of our lives? I would even go as far as to say we use sales in every part of our lives. Oh, absolutely. Right? Life is a commission. <laughs> it really is. There's no guarantee. You know, you're either on commission or salary. Some people are on both, but there's, you know, if you're not, if you're not on salary, you're on a commission bed and there is absolutely no guarantee, you know, and, and everything's a commission and the commission you receive is based on what you put into it. It's the relationships you have with your spouse, with your kids, your friends, your work. If you're in dirt, you know, if you're in sales, you know, your, your commission is in proportion to that. If you keep the business, if you keep a customer where they're going to come back and, and, and have repeat business right but it but it does really transcend into multiple areas of life absolutely i tell people all the time when i'm speaking or presenting is if you don't think you're selling in your relationship you're fooling yourself yeah i, w I once asked a question of a class i was teaching how many salespeople on the face of the planet and i got various numbers but ultimately the number was about seven or however many six or seven billion people on the planet mm -hmm. every man woman and child is a salesperson in their own right it's true yeah Look at a child who wants an ice cream cone. Oh, they are very persistent. And you tell, tell them, no, no, we don't have time for that. No, not right now. It's too much sugar for you today. Yeah, next thing you know, he's got a half a gallon of Bluebell just sitting in his lap with a spoon. Mm -hmm. Daddy, I want a cookie. Daddy, I want a cookie. <laughs> Daddy, give me the whole bag of cookies. <laughs> it escalates quickly. You That's, have to be it does. careful there. It does. But I, I, honestly, in relationships, I mean, I think... You know, 30 years ago, I made a good selling choice and got my beloved to marry me. And now we've got 30 years under our belt. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, October will make it 30 years, but we're right at it. Is there like a certificate or a plaque or something that, that you give each other every year? Honestly, uh, I how think does that there work? should be. Well, that's another Is there podcast. a catalog you, you choose a gift out of? <laughs> that's for our relationship podcast. Yes. But I will say this. Julie and I have both forgotten our anniversary Probably at least a half a dozen times. Really? Yes. Woohoo. Mm hmm. It's, but, it's funny. We look at each other and laugh. You know what date it is? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes this is the middle of November when our anniversary is on the 4th. Yeah, right. But, but you know, going back to the idea of commission, you know, the commissions in that relationship, two beautiful kids. Yep. You know, um, Ryan and Amber, mm -hmm. you've got a beautiful home, your, your careers, the way you both work together and the harmony you've brought together. Mm -hmm. That is all a, a commission. Absolutely. Know? I agree with Love that. Love it, man. Mm -hmm. It is. But again, in that relationship piece, you know, we're constantly selling the spouse on why they need to keep hanging around, why they need to <laughs> keep loving us, keep taking care of us, keep yeah. you know, helping us out through the journey there too. That's right. Cause we can also push them the other way. You know, we can close the sale or we can it's, shut the sale down, one of the two. It's all about abs, isn't it, Richard? <laughs> oh, look, I have abs. They're abs insulated. Help. Yeah. 
you know, some people have a six pack. I have a keg. It's okay. <laughs> it works. I love it. So let me ask you this, Scott. When yeah. it comes to in the, the sales area, and we can be talking about any product on the face of the earth. It doesn't really matter. But when the product is good, you've given a good presentation of it. You know, maybe it's a written form on the web or maybe it's a face-to-face presentation. Do you not agree that there's some obligation of the person selling to ask the question to when would you like to get started? How would you like to proceed? At what level do oh. you want to be involved? Oh, we call that asking for the order. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because I don't remember what the statistic is, but it seems like there's a vast majority of people that are involved with sales in, in some shape or capacity. They never actually ask for the sale. I've seen it. And it's like it, it creates a weird sort of awkwardness. Mm-hmm. in that moment but it also probably more times than not depending on your skill as a presenter as a sales professional as a storyteller as someone who can engage with your client if you haven't done those things you're probably going to get a client that says ah deuces i just wanted to look i'm just here to you know kick the tires or or whatever it is i'm just i'm just shopping mm-hmm. right? i'm just looking i'm just looking at it and if you here's the thing if you don't ask and it's like People that are in a relationship, you know, they really love each other and they think they've been together for a while. You know, you start getting feelings like maybe this is the one for me forever, right? If you don't ask and she's waiting for you, dude, it's like, you know, and and if we're kind of in a traditional old fashioned relationship, you're just not going to experience wedded bliss because you're not going to say, yes, you're not going to close that deal. That's right. Close the sale, right? You won't get get the right answer if you don't ask the right question. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and I say that because in many areas of my life, I look and I think, you know, in my career with the sales that I sell, you know, I look at Toastmasters, you know, Mm -hmm. many challenges in a Toastmasters club is getting new members, right? Absolutely. You know, you may have guests that come in, but... It's a growth organization. If you don't ask a member to join, they're going to walk out the door. Probably. There's that one or two percent, like everything in life, that are actually, they're going to step over the line and say, how do I get involved? Right. Nine out of ten times, you have to ask them, so would you like to join? I actually, in both of the clubs, when I first looked at Toastmasters, I went to the two clubs here in town. Not either one of them, neither of them, extended the invitation. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, am I just, you know, was it, is it my pits? It, it, my, did I not shout? What? <laughs> what is it? It's not you, it's me. Mm-hmm. So I just, I needed to figure out what was going on, but I, I took a step back, which club was probably going to fit my needs better. Mm-hmm. And because I wanted to be in Toastmasters to develop my speaking and leadership and mostly the, the speaking part, I had to make the ask myself. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's a great lesson though, because mm-hmm. when you, you know, as somebody who has then been an officer and a leader in Toastmasters, it makes you think, man, if that was my experience, maybe other people have had that experience too. Exactly. So maybe we need to make sure we extend that offer to anybody that joins. And again, that's that's sales 101. Mm-hmm. If you want to close a sale, with the exception of that 1% or 2%, the very small minority of folks that are just going to be like, what? I won't sign me up, right? Before you have the chance to ask because they already knew where your presentation was so compelling, it just dispelled any issues that they had, and they're just ready to sign on the line that is dotted. You got to ask. Absolutely. Because the majority of the people won't do that. Well, and that's my point. I think if we've given a good presentation, if we've given them all the right reasons based on what their needs are, we have an obligation, I believe, to sure. ask them to buy or to ask them to get involved or join or whatever yeah. we're talking about at that point. You know, if all the pieces fit together, 
it's our obligation. You it, know, it, I tell Toastmasters clubs all the time, did you have a great meeting? Oh, yeah. Did you have good speakers? Yeah. Do you think they learned something in the process? Oh, absolutely. Well, then why wouldn't you ask them to join? Right. It's a good fit. Yeah. You know? Did they give you a good reason as to why they're here? They want to build their self-confidence, self-esteem, and become better in speaking in public? Then it's a good fit. Yep. you got to ask them. And it's and, the same thing in sales, too, when we're selling the product. Well, and that's well. the key is, is it a good fit? Obviously, Correct. the ethical sales professional is not going to sell a product. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he can sell ice to an Eskimo. Well, an ethical sales person is not going to sell ice to an Eskimo. they got plenty of it already. <laughs> they just go outside the igloo. There it is. Mm-hmm. So it's... <laughs> but it's it's this whole concept again of it's the right fit, it's the right thing to do. And then I think you I agree with you, Wolf. I think if there's an ethical obligation at that point to say, mm-hmm. look, what I have you need. Yep. Let me help me to help you. But you brought up earlier the, the you know, you looked at sales, but you also plugged in marketing and networking. Let's take the networking off to the side for a minute. Let's look at sure. sales and marketing. Sure. A lot of people think they're the same thing, but they're really not. No. What are the differences? Well, marketing is getting people in the door, if you will. Okay. You know, they're getting people interested. It's getting their attention. That's what marketing is, in my opinion. So that's the first step. As our favorite friend Zig Ziglar says, we have to bring them from a suspect to a prospect, right? Sure. And I think the marketing does that, right? Yeah. It tells them kind of what you do, who you are, and why they need to listen. And then we step into the sales process, build a little rapport, presentation, you know, take care of covering all the objections that may come up and then ask for the sale if there's a good fit on the other side. Right. You know, and, you know, and and I think part of that, you know, is just the the initial qualification. And I think in the marketing, you can actually qualify people to some degree. I've seen a lot of people, especially on the web, where they'll specifically state this program is not for these type of people or for this segment of the population or whatever it is. Well-qualified buyers. That's right. <laughs> and that's right. That's right. Well, yeah, marketing. I think, I, I don't know, uh, food. I'm always going to think about food. It's like somebody invites you <laughs> over and they're making down here in South Louisiana gumbo. Mm. And you walk into that their home and you, wait. What kind of gumbo is this? Well, this is this is going to be a chicken and sausage gumbo. That's oh, what I like. Yeah. That's my chicken jam. Chicken and I sausage. Love it. Oh, and some tasso in there too. Got to oh, have tasso. That makes all the difference. Oh, in all seriousness. Yeah, it really does. No BS. So you you walk through that door. What's the first thing? You, they don't even have to tell you. What do you, what do you notice? You smell. The smell it. You smell that. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? You go, oh, and then you start walking around. Where, where, where is it? And then what is you, that? You, you, where, man, what is that? And then so, man, what is that? And as you go into the kitchen and you see it in that magnolite, that big cast iron mm-hmm. pot, and it's just and it's just simmering, and you know all oh, those yeah. flavors are there, and it, and then you, that's the marketing, right? The Absolutely. sales comes in though when the host says. Would you like a bowl? I don't even let him get to the word bowl. I'm knocking him over, grabbing it, and starting <laughs> to scoop it in there with my rice and my mashed tater or my tater salad. Uh-huh. So, but that's that's kind of the idea that I had in my in my mind as you started Very talking good. about that. Mm-hmm. It's a good point, and you're absolutely right. It is. You know, how do we get them interested? That's what the marketing is, and that's where many people, yeah. as we know today, it's social media, Facebook, you know, Instagrams, YouTube's, all those things. Get them interested, then send them. And drive them to a website, in this case, if you're online. Yeah, I had somebody, I was having a conversation with somebody recently on, you know, how many, 
you remember the old commercial, how many licks does it take to get the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? Three, sure you know, that, that crazy looking owl. Um, Actually, I think it's three. Three. You were good and nice. Yes. Three. And how many hits does it take to start to create that impression? There, there's an old business model there called seven hit marketing. Okay. We used to use that when I was in scouting. It, it's true in the insurance industry and what. Tell me what about that because I've heard seven, a different one, but tell yeah, me. Well, and, and it could be some different number. Maybe yeah. it's phrased a different way. But the whole idea behind seven hit marketing is it's it's seven impressions, seven mm-hmm. touches of some kind, whether they see your brand on a cup or a pin or on a sign on, you know, one of, one of the Lamar signs or on the side of a bus, or they see your commercial or they hear your commercial or they see the logo on your shirt in any way, shape or form. It takes seven hits to really create an awareness. That's why, and, and coming from an advertising background, I was in that, in that space for a while. It's, it's all about creating repetition. So people are familiar, start to become familiar, not only with, uh, the, the, the logo and the product, but also the branding of that product too, especially in the branding comes mostly from either commercials where there's something that's actually, uh, happening or they can hear it or through their own experience with that, with that, uh, product. Exactly. You mentioned something just now, branding. Yeah. What's your opinion of branding and marketing? Would those be the same? Uh, well, Different? I think they're, they, I think they're holding hands. Okay. I think they're married. Gotcha. Um, you know, the whole idea behind marketing, of course, a brand is not, for my, as I understand branding and have utilized it, branding is not about a logo. Okay. Branding is not about the name of the company. The brand is really about the feeling that's generated from the logo mm. or the company. You know, when, Good point. yeah, so the, the branding, which, which means it's completely subjective. You know, it, it mm-hmm. could be, it could very, you know, you look at uh, Apple versus PC, you know, if you're in that Apple crowd there, it, it's really apples and oranges, right? <laughs> Except no substitutes, I'd right? I'd agree, I'd agree. Yeah, you know, so, and, and people that don't use Apple, me, I can't, you know, I've used apples. Uh, it's not my, it's not my bag, baby. It's not my thing. But so I'm going to stick with my PCs, but folks like you, weirdo, <laughs> Listeners, Scott Morgan is closed-minded. <laughs> no, Scott has used that. I've owned one iPhone, and I have to use one for work. Yeah, just, I love when I get to use my Android at the end of the day. So, But it's it's the feeling that you get about your product or about that product in general. And that marketing is going to help create that feeling mm-hmm. and, you know, because it's very – it's really interesting when you get into advertising and you look at that side of the world and these marketing and advertising agencies, they spend hundreds and into the thousands of dollars doing consumer research, psychological research on what color schemes and what oh, something yeah. looks like and how mm-hmm. it's going to pique your interest and is it going to draw you to that product. It's insane, you know, but it's cool when you're in that in that business to be able to utilize those tools and to go to a prospect and say, hey, you know, this is something that research has shown that if you do this, you're likely to you're you have this percentage chance of, of creating a positive hit with these people, and they're going to come in and want to ch- check you out. You know, try your product out. Absolutely. So I do think that they they they're not the same thing, but one I think one creates you know the other. You know, marketing yeah. I think mm-hmm. lends itself goes into the branding, but I think also sales goes into that branding too because oh, when you when you're a sales rep. Uh, you know, and you're, and you're representing a company, you, there's two brands. I've, I've said this before. There's two brands. There's the brand of we and the brand of me, 
right? So it's not just about Scott Morgan. It's not just about that company A. It's Scott Morgan and company A. But you want to make sure that you're creating the positive brand for both. Mm-hmm. Because Scott Morgan may leave at some point and may go do something else in a different industry, but that reputation follows me, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same true. time, I'm yeah. also creating a reputation for the company A that I'm with. So, yep. oh yeah, I agree 100. percent Kind of yeah. both ways. Yeah, but it's just interesting. I kind of ask those questions, and some people kind of look at me crazy with their head turned to the side when I say that, because I believe you know there's advertising, you know there's branding, there's marketing, and then there's actually promotion. Many people, this was years ago, um, visiting with a fellow that I know real well. He says, advertising and promotion is completely different. Two completely different things. You know, advertising is just putting a message out there. Promotion is getting very specific and asking a specific question to get a response. Yeah. You know, which I'll move marketing and promotions. I mean, promotions inside of the marketing category there, inside that capsule. And I think that's where it kind of fits. But yeah, branding fits hand in hand with all those things. But it's just interesting that you look out there and a lot of big companies, you know, multi-billion dollar companies across the world, they do more branding than they do actual marketing, you know, and promotions. Yeah. But it works for them. And hey, who's to tell them any different, so to speak? Your big state farms, your all states, your Northwestern Mutual. That's all branding what they do. Rarely do they have a call to action. Sure. Which to me is more marketing and promotion. Oh, sure. Ask me to make a move or take a step or do something. That's marketing and promotion. Co- Coca-Cola does not need a call to action. <laughs> no doubt. Now, it's kind of subliminal. I was at the movie theater recently, and in the trailers, now they not only do you see the previews, but now they've got commercials weaved into it. <laughs> and there was a big commercial for Diet Coke, and, and the actress, as she's she's walking and talking at the camera, you know, and it just being real casual and cool, you know, hey, have a Coke. You know, have a Diet Coke. It's delicious. It's great, which Diet Coke is not delicious, but it, <laughs> it really isn't. No doubt. It's a chemical bath, but but I drink, I have drank I had one earlier today as a matter of fact. But it but she's telling you, hey, have a Coke. And you're going, okay. And it's <laughs> it's you know, so is that the call to action? I don't know. But typically you another example, you got those you got those uh cute, cuddly polar bears that in nature will rip your arm off, but they, they look so cute, you know, in the Christmas time commercials for Coke, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you go you go, oh, Love it. And then you mm-hmm. go to the store and then you see the display and you go, oh, I think I want a Coke because it created that positive emotion. Mm-hmm. And we've been seeing that for years. Ever since I can remember, the polar bears have been a part of that marketing. Oh, absolutely. And so, I'm sure they will be for the longest as it's well. Just, it's just cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's When you get to that point of awesome in your branding where you don't even have to do, okay, I'm, I think I like this. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it just is that cool. <laughs> I love it. And I'll, let me tell you why I put networking in that group with marketing and sales. Yeah, tell me about that. I've learned over the years in my career that networking, I believe, has has got to be a part of the marketing and the sales process. And here's why I say that is you're never going to get all the sales you need if you're not networking with other people. And what do I mean by networking? Networking is just socializing. Networking is talking to people about what you do, mm-hmm. sharing some information, how you help people. Um, it's that whole idea of when you're speaking with somebody, think of me when yeah. you hear somebody say this or you see somebody do this or you this or that. 
The other piece of networking that I think is critical that people need to understand is that 90% of people do networking wrong. Tell me about that. Well. Like, what do you mean by, like, you, there's like a if little, I'm a chamber mixer. There you go. Beautiful. Yeah, what's, what's. Matt, what's the what's the right way? Because I will tell you, I'm an extrovert. I need your help with this, honestly. Because I, as much as an extrovert as I am, and I love people, I'm, you know, I'm here to I'm here to party. I like to have I like to have fun with folks. I'm a man of the people, folks. There right? You okay. Go. There you go. But when it comes to a chamber mixer, I'm like I have the biggest like melt. I mean, my brain's kind of coming out of my ears because I just don't know what to do awesome. to really you know. Am I I'm the brand of me, but I'm also the brand of we. When I'm in a chamber mixer, am I? To give me your dynamic because I, you're really two, good at this. Well, there's two pieces of that puzzle, I believe, and I will be honest, and I'll give credit where credit is due. I learned a lot of this in the BNI organization, Business Networkers International. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a monthly, it's a a club where you you visit weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, tell what you do every week. You get a 60 second commercial, 10 minute presentation every so often. But it taught me a lot about networking, and here's a few things I learned. One is networking needs to be strategic. You got to do it on purpose and with a plan. Absolutely yeah. correct. Many people, speaking to your point of a chamber mixer, they go to a chamber mixer, you know, to eat the food and drink the drinks. But again, you have to go with a plan. Many folks, it's like, how many business cards can I collect and grab? See, and that's and, and that's what most people do. Well, I think. and I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Okay. But my philosophy, in my experience, is you need to be very selective. Yeah. Let's go out there and see, okay, scan the room. You know, you see name badges, you know, who are people that work inside your industry that can be a natural referral process for them to send people your way. So in addition, yeah, people that I can send their way, because sure. I'm going to promise you this, any relationship you get into, if you're not giving as much or more than you're getting, it won't last long. Oh, very good. It's yeah. going to end at some point because there's a lot of giving people out there, sure, but at some point they're like, nothing's coming back to me. How long do you give and when they're not and you finally just go home and throw in the towel? One, two, three. <laughs> no, no. I'm not sure if that would be it. The tootsie, the tootsie roll rule. That's a not thing. Not necessarily. Oh, I get it. I so, get again, it. it's a strategy. You know, maybe I go to a chamber mix or any networking event, and maybe my goal is to get three to five cards of people that I really think I can visit with. Because the idea, again, you go and get 10, 15 business cards, you know as well as I do, you're not going to be able to go and connect with that many people. Yeah. You may go and visit, have a lunch or whatever, but you know as well as I do, that's not a long-term strategy that's going to work. So what you want to do is look at those categories. And we all know what industries naturally work with us. You know, car um, salespeople, auto insurance people, you know, it works well. Yeah. The whole re- real estate bubble, we call it, you know, your mortgage lender, your bankers, yep. your real estate person, your, you know, homeowner's insurance, that whole, yeah. they work well together. Go look for those people. Yep. I might, if I'm a life agent, life insurance agent, yep. I might hook up with the CPAs Correct. or, or even some of those, some of those folks that are in mortgage lending or selling houses because they're, they're you maybe sell someone some term life. Correct. You know, they didn't get uh, right. some kind of a credit life mm-hmm. or whatever, or a car sale. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I'm seeing your point. So let me ask you this, though. Mm-hmm. Are you leading out with your elevator pitch, or are you leading out with questions? I'm always going to lead out with questions. Yeah. You know, tell me, what is it that you do that you enjoy the most about your business? Yeah. You know, you want to get some, again, the open-ended questions, right, to where they're going to have to give you some great information. Yeah. They can't just give you, oh, yeah, I love it. I like what do you do with that? You you got to get some more information. 
what probing what, questions is going to get them to give you good information that you can work yeah. with? Well, I mean, what's, you know, you hear this all the time. They, they tell you a lot of sales trainers, ask them the question, what keeps you awake at night? I hate, I don't do that question. I ask them what gets them up in the morning. Oh, that's good. You know, I like I want, that. Because a lot of like that, that, other other than your other than your, um, you know, your alarm clock, <laughs> or the desire for breakfast. That's what somebody told me recently. Or your and, smartphone. Or yeah, your yeah. smartphone. <laughs> I mean, you, what gets you up in the morning is your is your drive and your passion. I think, right, or the mm-hmm. things that have to be done. And I would rather know that and tap into that now. There, you know, in sales, we have called finding the pain, and that's certainly a part of the process. But mm-hmm. I think when you're talking about networking, you've you've got a very short window, and, and people are going to make numerous decisions in a very small amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, ten seconds. That's right. I can't remember what the statistic is, but something like eight decisions or eight judgment calls in the first ten seconds, or something like that, something mm-hmm. along those lines, and they're sizing you up. So mm-hmm. you have a very small window. Why be boring and why be like everybody else that's in that room that's trying to ask the probing question that, seem, that seems like really, but it's it's rote memorization because you're trained to do, mm-hmm. shake it up a little bit, baby, and Absolutely. ask them something different. That's it. And, you, and that's really the way it needs to happen. The yep. other tip I'm going to give you about networking, this is a good strategy to get to visit with more people. Okay. Get there early. Yes. Before the event begins. And you need to find out two very important things. And they are? The first one is, where are the restrooms? Because people are going to ask, where are the restrooms? And you're Ah. going to be... You'll be able to tell them. You're already a source of information and value. There you go. That's it. I'm creating value for myself. And And second... Where's the food? So And drinks in the bar. That's three. So where's the food in the bar? Food's probably already in my hand. where's the restroom? (laughs) I can tell you exactly where that food Mm -hmm. is. But I mean, it's and that's an interesting concept because it really kind of plays against the idea of, oh, I'm going to be fashionably late. You know, I'm not going to be that (laughs) guy who's going to show up. And I'll confess, I've been that guy who's said, well, if the the mixer starts at 7, I'm not going to show up till about 7.15, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to be the guy that's already there. It's like... Uh, you know, but I, that's changed my perspective now. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. Yep, it is. And I mean, I guess you could still pull that off without being early, but I think it's a good strategy because then you're the one that you more than often than not, you're going to be seeing everybody that comes through the yeah, door. Yeah, you don't have to you'll get be there. able to kind of, still you might shake all the hands right. and say hello, but you'll be able to pick people <laughs> a little more strategically yeah. that you do want to visit with. It you know? starts at 7. You don't have to be there at 6.30. <laughs> Walk in the door at 7 because it starts right. at 7. And that's correct. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. That's good yeah. stuff, man. Yeah, those are uh, key things I've learned um, just to kind of, facilitate everything be the be the guy with the information that people want to go to because it because isn't that really what it's about when you're in business it's the idea that you're there to give value absolutely that, i mean that's that's how you make money in business it's mm-hmm. a transference of value mm-hmm. right because i have something that you need i have it's either a product a service knowledge whatever i have something of value that you can exchange for some kind of compensation right there you go so good stuff and then i'm gonna give you the the bonus bit of information in that whole networking environment. So when you go to that event and you find those three to five people, and I'll be honest, I would prefer to probably find less and then kind of screen through those folks. And here's what I mean. You know, say I pick up three cards of folks. I really think that we can, you know, refer some business from one another. So I'm going to call them up the next day or two 
set a time to go have coffee or lunch, and then get to know them. And again, ask more questions yeah. to find out enough about them and how can you help them. Because I promise you, the minute you start to help them or you send them a referral, and I'm not even saying that you need to do business with them if it's that type of relationship. You know, I, I use the example of uh, people in our industry, you know, retirement advisors are good folks for us, financial yeah. planners. Yeah. Because those folks are turning 65, they're going to need some help and answers and education on that stuff. Doesn't mean I have to turn over my whole portfolio to him, but I'm going to start now to think about the people that I visit with. How could they be of service? Yep. He be of service to them. So let me let me go back to the questions part because mm-hmm. I'm getting I'm getting a vision of Law and Order. They're <laughs> in a room. There's a light, and they're basically jamming them with you know what? How do you how do you do this questioning? Like mm-hmm. we're we're over we're over <laughs> overpriced coffee at the coffee shop. <laughs> You're asking questions. How do you keep it from sounding like a, making a grilling session? I think it's Is it your approach. I mean, you tell me. Well, two things I'd say. I would say you, you again, a strategy. You want to have a couple of topics that you want to talk about. And again, number one and number two is you want to be authentic. You know, you don't yeah. want to come across, and, and you shouldn't be that guy that's just trying to get information. It's all about me figuring out about you so exactly. I can get a sale. Yep. That's not the idea here. You've got to be real and authentic with people. And another strategy from BNI is called the gains profile. The gains profile. Gains profile. G. What's your goals? What do you want to achieve in any area? Okay, can be work, can be home, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. A. What have, what achievements have you made? You know, do you have some designations or those kind of things that you've done? Tell me more about that. How does it attribute to what you're doing every day? I. What are your interests? Do you have some hobbies? Anything in very specific that you like? I love to play golf. I like model building, whatever that might be. In networks. What networks are you currently a part of? Mm-hmm. You know, is it the Rotary, the Qantas, the church right. network? I'm a Toastmaster, blah, yep. blah, blah. Yep. And then S, service. What organizations in the community do you serve? Now, sometimes your networks and your service will kind of overlap, overlap some. Sure. But... You know, are there some particular places where you serve and that's all you do? So, and you're looking for a common interest in all this. And I'll give you a quick story in the BNI world, and this was one I've heard for years. You look for people in that organization that you can refer business to, but sometimes, depending on the situation, you may mean completely different industries that do not, on a symbiotic level, naturally refer folks to people. Okay, back and forth, like we talked about real estate, that's a natural progression, all those people. Sometimes you might be in opposite injuries. There's no real need to be referring people Mm -hmm. regularly, Mm -hmm. but it might be a personal connection. This particular story, these folks, you know, um, they call them one-on-ones. You always meet with the other person, find Mm -hmm. out about them, see what you're going to, how we can help each other. And these guys had met a few times, but it wasn't until the second meeting when they started talking about family and find out, well, he coaches his son's soccer team. This guy's kid is in the same league. Right. But he only, you know, half the time makes the games. So as that bond began to build there, oh, soccer, well, you know, my son's in that. I go sometimes, blah, blah, blah. The bond began to grow from that point sure. forward. Common. This other guy started as an assistant coach mm-hmm. on his son's team and there. And over a period of time, they started referring business back and forth like nobody's business. When it naturally, again, it wasn't natural, but you began to – Think about this other person and what they did yeah. a little bit more often. 
So again, it's almost like marketing and networking in that same aspect. You're marketing while you're networking, right? To yeah. some degree, right? And you also find out who their ideal client oh, absolutely. is. Yeah. You know, what kind of person mm-hmm. do you like to work? Because, you know, one size may not always fit all, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, and then when you, I'm glad you brought that up, Scott, because the very specific thing in that category there is that you need to be specific. If ever you're in a business referral relationship, you want to tell people who is the ideal client that I want to visit with. Don't just say anybody that's turning 65. It's true. We can help all those people, but maybe there's a certain segment of that that I really want to visit with. Speaking about the Medicare space. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, Talking to what we do with Medicare. You know, and it's, you know, car sales, I can sell a car to anybody, right? But I really enjoy working with that business guy that's on the road a lot and he's always in his car and, you know, those kind of things. Those are the folks. So you want to narrow that down to give somebody a very specific visual picture in their brain. Right. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. So that's kind of my take on networking. You know, we probably could speak longer on it, but how sales, networking, and marketing kind of really work together. But I think people need to understand when it comes, so many people say, oh, I'm not a salesman. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> BS. Yeah, Because I can promise salesman. you, well, you're selling your kids on how they're supposed to act right when you go to church. You know, you're selling your kids on how to act, you know, not act up in the grocery store. Right. Or the wife on, you know, how why I want to go to, you know, California for this conference we're going to have. Right. You know, and those kind of things. There's so many things we're selling every day, and then many times it's just our ideas, our thoughts selling and beliefs, of, yeah. right? I was going to say, selling of ideas, selling of value, mm-hmm. you know, that's really what it boils down to. Everybody, how many how many salespeople are on the face of the planet? Eight billion. Eight billion. Or however many however many folks are Gosh, that's a lot know, of people. walking or crawling around the face of the earth. That's a lot of people. That's a lot <laughs> of people. It's getting heavy. And I'll tell you what, those... Three foot and below salespeople, <laughs> they can freaking sell. They're you know, so natural at it too, aren't they? Well, you know, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just hard like that. I I, I never really sweet. And I've got some cute kids, dude. I mean, my daughter is adorable, and my son, he's grown up to be a handsome young. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, well, maybe I was a little more weak once upon a time. I don't know. I guess maybe that's the divorced dad special. You know, maybe I'll treat him a little bit more when I see him. But um, a little softer now. Yeah, yeah, a little bit now. But but I look back on that and I go. But I I'll sit there and I'll look at kids that do that in the store or at the mall and I just look at them and I look at their their parent and the ones that are giving into them. And it's like you so got sold. <laughs> You're weak. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> oh, but it's in good fun. Well, Scott, as we wrap up tonight, what would be a key takeaway on one of those areas or all, or what do you feel like that someone can take away and execute to help themselves maximize you? I think that we need to remember, again, we're the brand of we and the brand of me. And I would have, rather than focusing on the brand of we, unless you're responsible for the marketing in your company, Mm -hmm. uh, I would work and develop more about the brand of yourself and what goes into that. And in other words, what do you want people to think about when they think of you? They see your name, they see your face. What emotions are going to generate from that? Are you a good person? Mm. Are you upstanding? Are you a person of integrity, of character, of fun, somebody that you want to be around? Or are you a dirty, rotten scoundrel, snake oil, used car salesman? Nothing against that. Used car sales. You've done that too. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? But just somebody that you despise and is despicable and you don't want to be around them. So what kind of brand, Mm -hmm. what kind of impression do you want to create about folks? And then live that. You know, right, you right. gotta, you gotta practice your preach, you know, and you mm-hmm. really should be the same, you know, in the public face as you do behind closed doors, you know, with your family and, you know, and it's, 
you have to be use the word authentic earlier. I was about to say, yeah. yes, authenticity Just, is this, key. I think Bill Shakespeare once wrote, this above all, to thy own self be true. He did. Right, so focus. Y'all were close, I take it. You called him Bill. Uh, you know, we go way, we go way back, you know. What was it, the 1500s or whenever he wrote his? <laughs> Look, guys, if, if awesome. I'm wrong in that, please don't ding me on that. I just I'm I'm a fan though. I like I like the material. Uh, but work on yourself. Work on being authentic, being true to yourself and who you are. But put your best foot forward and be the kind of person that people want to be around, and also a person of value. You know, give good value to folks, even if it's just pointing out where the bathroom and the food is. That's all I'm saying. Fantastic. I agree wholeheartedly. My takeaway tip for tonight would be the networking piece. Yeah. The next time you go to a networking event, pick three. Three? Three people people. that you want to visit with and get to know. Now, listen, that may not be the first three that you come up to. You might visit with a couple and you're like, well, I just don't know they're a good fit. Personality-wise, you may not jive with that person. That's fine. That's cool. Just take a card and move on. Yep. But find at least three people that you can visit with, connect a little bit with, that you're going to invite out for coffee or lunch within the next week. Yeah. And then begin to build a network of people, three, five, ten, however many that is, that you're going to visit with on a regular, say, six to eight week rotation. Yeah. And get to know those people on a regular basis and build that relationship to where you can invest in them and they're investing back in you. Yep. In different ways. And again, you're going to go through some folks that, you know, you'll find out mm, maybe it's not really a good fit. And that's fine. No problem. And move on to the next one. But build yourself a little referral network of people. Can I have the cherry on top of that Sunday? Oh, go right ahead. Send them a handwritten thank you card. Oh, man. When you're done with that. Absolutely. And and, right. and when you're mailing it, mm-hmm. don't meter it. Don't put a label on it. <laughs> you handwrite everything and put a stamp on there. Stamps are still sold at the U.S. Post Office. And have maybe the retail stores in town, Yeah, too. really. Yeah. I'm telling you, I don't care if it's the 21st century in U.S. America. I don't care. I still see it. There is nothing like a handwritten card. because Because you remember we talked re, uh, a little while back on uh, the um, the extra mile. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is one of the ways, and I said it then. It. I'll keep saying it because I send my clients and people that send me referrals, I send them a card. Thank you so much. There Thank you, you for your business. Here's And here's my card. Call me if you need anything. And then at the bottom, you know, of course, this is for clients. P.S. Don't keep me a secret. Mm-hmm. But for, but for, and you can even do that for your referral folks too. But just, mm-hmm. but maintain that personal link because, my God, text messaging is okay. Emails are, eh. Facebook Messenger <laughs> is really at the bottom for me when it comes to the uh, business stuff. Mm-hmm. Send them a handwritten card, folks. Find the address because it's on their, it's on their card. It's on Google. Absolutely. And just send it. Yep, I'm, I'm, I agree. Yeah, drop the I mic. like that cherry and whipped cream on top. Good job there, Morgan. I'll, I try. Job. I try. Appreciate you. It's all for you, man. All right, guys. Well, as we sign off, we thank you for listening. Absolutely. Give us some comments and feedback. Give us some topics and ideas to speak about that you'd like us to hear. Yep. And and coming down the coming down the road, we are going to start bringing in some guests. Absolutely. And some folks that we're going to bounce some ideas off of. Man, that we're about to shake things up. It's going to get a lot more dynamic up in here. Oh, yeah. We're looking to have some fun. Good times. So we'll talk to you later. Check us out out there on your podcast, on your Anchor podcast. We're posting most of them there now. So check us out. Share and like and tell the world about us. We'd appreciate that tremendously. Absolutely. Have a great night and maximize you. You.